uh, <clears throat> and or sometimes you know we don't know how to how to repent. Sometimes you know we, we just feel so bad about it that that we, we just uh, we then become our own. We try to become our own savior and 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 try to um, do our become our own sacrifice. Right. Well, I made my bed hard. I'm going to lie in it. You know. And so you you're really replacing the work of the Lord Jesus by trying to to become your own sacrifice. And a lot of people do that. They will, they will sacrifice their lives and, and uh, they, they will not pursue the forgiveness of the Lord and they'll just live a hard life because of their own actions. Uh, and it's completely unnecessary because you're trying to replace the work of the Lord Jesus with your meager attempts and, and your unqualified attempts. You know, you'll never be qualified to become your own savior. But people do that, you know, because of their shame and because of the guilt uh, and... Um, uh, it's just way better to repent, amen, <laughs> and, and get right with the Lord. You know, he, he'll forgive you, amen. Uh, and so it's always good to ask for forgiveness. And so, uh, because he's good. And if he's good, his mercy endures forever, amen. Uh, and so, um, just real quick uh, announcement on, uh, so Friday at uh, 1130 here at the church, we're, uh, we're doing that service with that uh, conference out of New York. Uh, and so I'm going to be teaching a class on healing uh, for that conference, so we're going to video, hook into the video stream, and uh, people from, I guess, all over the country will, will join in on that, and uh, I don't know how big it is or, or how many, but uh, I suspect it's a pretty good size uh, conference that they have up there, and so um, we'll see how it goes, right? So we'll be here, and um, uh, so you're welcome to come. All that is to say that you're welcome to come if you want to join us for that, and uh, that way I'll have somebody to look at while I'm, while I'm teaching, right? And so uh, Chris will be here, Jared will be here, and if you want to come, you're welcome to it. So we'll, we'll get a fire up the video stream at 11 o'clock, and then we'll go live at 1130. And then, um, and it's exactly an hour, so, um, so if you'd like to come out, you're, you're welcome to be here for that. So why don't we pray, and we'll thank the Lord for His Word today. So Father, we thank You for the Word of God. We thank You, Father, that You've given such a great gift to us. Uh, Father, a, a revealing of Your will and plan for the earth and for our individual lives. And so, Father, we come to you humbly as servants of the Most High God, depending upon the Spirit of God who reveals and instructs and teaches us. And so, Father, uh, speak through, through my lips tonight, Father. Let my tongue be the, as the pen of a ready writer to speak words, Father, that cause us to grow and to increase, Father. Words that come from heaven, words that will affect our lives and increase us and cause us to grow up and become more like you each and every day. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Philippians. We'll get started there tonight. So we were talking about last week about how Paul uh, is always rejoicing. Uh, and, you know, I was meditating on that because uh, a lot of times, you know, meditate on, on the things that we teach. And a lot of times the Lord will, will give us more insight into that, even, even after the fact. And so I was just thinking about one other point in this that, you know, Paul said that uh, uh, back up in... in um, uh, verse 16, he says, one preaches Christ of contention, right, or fraction, uh, not sincerely or of selfish ambition, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. So there are people who are preaching with the intention of bringing harm to Paul. That's just hard to grasp that, right? It's hard to grasp that, that uh, a Christian, hopefully they're Christian, I don't know if they are or not, but hopefully they are, but it would, they're, they're preaching because they're envious of Paul's position, right, because everybody knows him in the palace. Well, I want to be known in the palace. I want to be famous like Paul. And so they're preaching out of envy and strife. Uh, and, and they're trying to, and, and not only that, not, not only do they want his position, they want to harm Paul. Well, you know, 
Paul's kind of old school, right? Paul wears a tie, you know, we, we're the new school. We don't, you know, whatever they were doing, right? But, but the, their goal was to add affliction to Paul, mm-hmm. which is, you know, who does that? Uh, and I know, you, I mean, you know, we're not naive. There are plenty of people in the church who are just mean as snakes. You ever met anybody mean as a snake in the church? <laughs> I mean, sometimes they're in the pulpit too, right? You know, and, and uh, it's unfortunate, but some of the meanest people I've ever met, in fact, you know, actually the meanest people I've ever met are always in church, right? The kindest, most generous person, people of us are also in the church too, right? So you've got both extremes. And, uh, and so you ought not have those extremes. You ought, everybody ought to try to do their best to be like the Lord. But these folks are, are trying to harm Paul. And, and he says, uh, he says, I there and do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice because they're not going to bother me. Uh, and, and I was thinking about that in our lives, how, you know, we're, we're good until somebody does something unkind to us. And then how many times do we just completely fall apart, just completely become spiritual wrecks, uh, emotional wrecks, uh, and, and we get all these vain imaginations and we get sidetracked from our path to the Lord because somebody did something to us. Uh, and, you know, are you breathing air? If you're breathing air, somebody's going to do something to you between now and your last breath on the earth, right? So, you know, I think this is a really good, uh, a good uh, example for us that Paul said, you know, if they're doing it to add affliction to my bonds, if they're doing it out of contention or selfish ambition to bring fraction and out of envy and strife, I'm going to be happy. So uh, do we have it uh, any, any worse than Paul? I doubt we've got it any worse than Paul, right? Anybody preaching with the intention of harming you that you know of, right? Anybody doing that? You know, I know sometimes when pulpit people have done that. I mean, you've heard my stories. I've had plenty of times that have done that. Uh, but, I, but I've never had an entire country forsake me like Paul did, right? I've never had anybody stone me with actual stones, right? Or, be, or whipped me or beat me. Uh, and yet Paul said, I'm going to rejoice. So uh, for us, the thing that we can learn from that is if Paul can rejoice, then we can rejoice. If Paul can rejoice when people are intentionally trying to bring you harm, and were they trying to bring him harm? That's what they said, to add, affli- add affliction to my bonds. So he was already in bondage, right, from the Roman soldiers in the Roman Empire. But now they want to heap on that, right, uh, and, and destroy Paul's character, destroy Paul's ministry, destroy Paul's reputation. Uh, and Paul's like, I'm good. I'm good. So, so uh, that's what the Lord was, was talking to me about this week about that, that, you know, these people are being unkind to Paul, intentionally trying to harm him. And yet he's good. Uh, and, um, you know, one of the things, in fact, it was something else that Brother Hagin said this week. I thought, you know, I know he's getting my tapes because uh, uh, I've never heard him teach this, but he was talking about it. Uh, and, I, and I've told this same thing to other people before. Uh, a lot of times in the afflictions that we walk in, you know, the Bible says that many are the what? The afflictions of the righteous. Is that true? Well, that's what the Bible says, right? Many are the afflictions. That, but the Lord does what? Delivers us from how many of them? All of them, right? So he never said you're going to live an affliction-free life. He just said no matter what comes your way, there's a way out. So, uh, you know, we, we should get to a point in our lives where when, when affliction comes our way, then, then, then joy should rise up. To it. Let's see how the Lord gets us out of this. Let's see how the Lord takes care of this. Because if we, if we live with, uh, with clean hands and we don't, you know, we're not starting the fight, you know, we're not, at, you know, making it worse, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, the Lord will say, have you say something and people don't like it, but, you know, that's a different thing. I'm just saying, you know, don't return evil for evil, right? Uh, and so, um, but when the afflictions come, 
we, sh- we have the capacity, because Paul said he did. If Paul could do it, we can do it. He's not special in that regards, right? He didn't have a special heart or special faith or, or grace that is not available to us. He has the same exact faith and grace and, and the word and the spirit that we have. Uh, and so when people were, were intentionally trying to bring affliction to him, he's good. Uh, he's, in fact, he says he rejoices and will rejoice and continue to rejoice uh, and continue to be happy. So uh, that should help us to encourage us when afflictions come, because they will come. Uh, and somebody will be unkind to you, even at church uh, and um, uh, even at work or at home or in the families. Right. Pe- people do things with the intention to harm you. And it's amazing how many times I've seen people do that in my life that they have the intention, they're going to do something intentionally to, to add affliction to my bonds, right? Uh, and, and, and to me, more than anything else, my heart breaks for them because I think, how could you do that? How could you do that to, you know, some of the stories that, that I've told you about, you know, like the one person said that if I was on fire, they wouldn't spit on me to put me out, right? And, and um, you know, I think that's one of the funniest things people have said because for me, I think, you know, I didn't even take that personal because it was so over the top. It's like, I'm really concerned about you, that you as a child of God, a Christian who will go into church and do this right here on a Sunday morning, raise their hands to the Lord and worship him. God, you're so good and wonderful. Could say that about any human being. And in reality, you know, and I, you know, I can say with all honesty, never did a single thing to harm that that family. Not one. In fact, helped them. Many, many times, right? Assist them, you know, do different things. Never one time, uh, uh, you know, subverted them or, you know, went behind their back and did things or, you know, only ever tried to help. Not a single time, you know. And, of course, you know, you have to decide whether I'm telling the truth or not. But my wife's here and she knows she knows who they were. In fact, she had to ask, who was this? And, and um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, oh, we never did do anything to harm them, no. But see, they, they just... Uh, they, you know, people of weak minds will jump on a bandwagon when somebody else is getting picked on. If, you know, if they think it's to their advantage to jump on that same bandwagon, don't jump on bandwagons. Stay on the bandwagon of the word of God. Yes. I can't tell you how many times that I saw the mass go in this direction. The masses go in this direction against somebody. And when I read the word of God, it says you go this way and I'll go that way. And the masses are not happy, which is a big reason why there is so much conflict around me is because the masses were always going this way. And I got no problem. You know, some people, it's like, it doesn't matter what the masses are doing. I'm going to do the opposite. Well, what if the masses are doing the right thing? Then you, that's what you should do, right? It's okay to be with the masses if they're doing the right thing. Some people are just so rebellious. They're just like, I ain't doing, I'm doing my own, you know, no matter what you're doing, I'm doing the opposite. Opposite faith, you know, that's, that's, that's a waste of effort there. But, you know, if the masses are going this way and I look at the word of God, I can't, I, I got to go this way. And then that, that's where the conflict always starts, right? And for, for me, that's where the conflict's always been is they're going that way. I look at the word of God. I, yeah, I can't, I can't go that way, you know? Um, we got in a bad habit of worshiping the pastor, right? That he could say no wrong. Don't ever say things like that. Oh, everything the pastor says is right. Yeah, I wouldn't say things like that. I would say, hey, uh, the word of God is right. Because if I'm saying the word of God, and that's all I'm saying, then surely what I'm saying is right, you know, but I could still misinterpret it, of course. But, uh, but you shouldn't say things like that because it elevates me to a point, place where I don't belong, right? That takes me out of, out of being a servant of the Most High God to being the Most High God, right? I'm not the Most High God, but... So, you know, uh, so there was a, basically a demand to worship the pastor. Well, 
honored him, served him faithfully for 20 years, right? Uh, and, and really more than that. Um, but I, I wouldn't worship him, you know. And, and everything he said, I would go back to the word of God. And if it was so, I would, I would, I would believe it. Even if it was something that was in conflict with what I believed yesterday, if he proved it from the word of God, then I would change. And, and you know, so I wasn't rebellious. You know, in fact, I desired to help him. And we were a great help to his ministry for many years. Uh, but sometimes the masses will go in a direction. It's like, you know, I, I can't go there. I can't go that way, right? Uh, and so, uh, so Brother Hagin was talking about how uh, people will, will, will start believing that their afflictions are bigger than anybody else's afflictions. That what I'm going through, you don't, you, you don't understand. Uh, and, and, you know, what I told somebody one time, because I knew somebody who was that way, and no matter what happened to them, Nobody else had ever done that before. Nobody else had ever gone through any afflictions in their life, you know. Uh, and yet, people get their heads cut off every day, right? I mean, when was the last time you got your head cut off, right? There's a few people who would probably might do better without their head because their head's messed up, right? But that's a different discussion. But, you know, uh, I mean, as bad as we've got it, we ain't got it bad. I mean, you know, I've been overseas a bunch of times. They got it bad, right? I mean, the kids are playing in the in the city dump. That's the, that was their playground, right? Because it had it, uh, they well, they went there because there was big hills of trash. They could climb up the top of the trash heap and take scraps of cardboard and slide down it. That was their fun, going to the city dump and sliding down piles of trash. We ain't got no problems, right? Now that's that's a real problem. And, and you know what? They were happy as a lark. They could not care. I mean, you know. Because kids are that way, right? Oh, we get to slide down piles of garbage, you know? I mean, I think any kid would probably like that, you know? Uh, and so, but their problems, nobody else has ever experienced a problem like that. You know, that ain't true. I mean, it doesn't matter what you've been through. Somebody's been through that or worse. Uh, and uh, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. If that verse is true, it doesn't matter what you're going through. There's a way out, right? But see, sometimes we want that affliction, you know, and, and we relish in and the attention of being the victim. Oh, I've had it so hard and so rough. And, uh, and, and you can always tell because if somebody does something to them, it's like, here we go again. Yeah, uh, they're hurting me again. Uh, all the hurts and wounds, you know. And you see it on Facebook all the time, you know. Uh, all the battles and scars I've been through, you know. The Lord's been, brought me through, but, you know, these scars are there. Just show the path of my life, you know. And I ain't got no scars. He said that he heals the brokenhearted. So if he heals a broken heart, how many scars do you reckon I ought to have? Zero. I ought to have zero scars. People look at me and go, look like he ain't never, never been through anything. Isn't that the way Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fiery furnace? Yeah. Yeah. They come out there all smoky and burned, and their clothes are ratty, and they smell like smoke, and they, you know, their hair's gone, their eyebrows are gone, you know, they look like a naked mole rat, you know. Did that, is that how they looked? They looked like nothing ever happened to them. And, and, and you know, if... if if somebody hadn't gotten the, the Jerusalem Herald and didn't read about it in the paper, they, they'd have been like, oh, you guys haven't never been through nothing, have you? Look at you. You all look comfortable and clean and neat, you know? Oh, yeah, what was that, what, that, was that little thing? We went through the fiery furnace, heated up seven times hotter than it's ever been then, and just the people throwing us in, they, they burned up. Uh, uh, and so, you know, that's the way we ought to live. Uh, be careful about elevating your emotions above the Word of God. Oh, it's just one more hurt. You know, but I think I can make it, you know, but it, it's just another hurt in my long paths of hurt, you know, but, you know, the Lord's going to take care of me. But, you know, it's uh, but it's all the emotional realm. It's all the soulless realm. Praise God. I, you know, he heals the brokenhearted. Amen. 
And if Paul says that they, you want to add to my afflictions and my bonds, I, will, I, I rejoice and I will rejoice. I'll, I will remain happy. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, don't ever let the devil convince you that your problems are bigger than anybody else's problems that's lived on the earth. Nobody's been through what you've been through. You are such a martyr. You are, you, you've got it so hard. And I'm being a little facetious because, because that's the way people believe. They, they honestly believe that, that their problems are so big. Nobody else has been through what they've been through. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, I mean, it's really hard for me not to look at them and just go, blah, 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 blah. Because it just, it just, what they're doing is they're saying, my problems are bigger than the Word of God. What I'm going through is bigger than the Spirit of God. What I've experienced in my life is bigger than God Himself. And even He can't fix this. Even He can't o- overcome the situation. Uh, Paul called them, uh, what kind of afflictions? Light. Light afflictions. He was stoned and left for dead. Oh, yeah. I wish they hadn't ripped my tunic when they did that. Man, you know, I'm not going to go by any other tunic. But hey, uh, you all want to go to lunch right now? I mean, remember when he got stoned there, right? At Iconium, and he got up and said he went to the city and preached. He didn't go to the city and go, it's so hard. See what they did to me? They killed me. Yeah, they, they got, I was dead, you know? Uh, and, then, and then his whole life, because a lot of times when, what happens when people go through affliction is their whole life revolve, revolves around that affliction. Their whole life is about worshiping that affliction that they went through. Oh, I've just had it so hard in my life. Uh, I'll go with the battle, brother. I know it's hard out there. It's just so hard. Uh, and uh, I mean, if you just saw me at Walmart, you'd think I had never been through anything. And that's my goal in life. You know, not to hide it because... It's not in there. There's no ill will in my heart towards the people, you know, because the stories are so amazing. People, you know, think, y'all really believe that I went through that? You know, because sometimes, you know, that's why I have Jerry's back. Jerry, you know, you were there. You were, uh, uh, that was right, right? Jerry's on, the, on Facebook. Hey, Jerry. It's all right, right, Jerry? Jerry and he'll, he'll wave it to, you know. Uh, and, um, and so I've got a witness, and Chris was there a lot too, you know. So uh, it really happened, right? But it, it doesn't define me at all. You know, people wouldn't know that I was an orphan at 15 years old, right? They wouldn't know that I had to make through college all by myself, you know, without parents and had to find my way financially and spiritually and emotionally. And, you know, uh, people don't know those things and, uh, because they don't define who I am. And I don't dwell on it. I oh, wish I had a daddy. I don't have a daddy. You know, you, you got it so good. You got a dad and a mom. I don't, you know, I've not had one. You know. I mean, you know, uh, and if people think, well, you're being mean and harsh. You know, the devil is mean and harsh. Yes. I'm telling you, the word of God says you can be happy. Yes. That's good news. That should be good news, right? Yes. And if you ain't happy, then you're not doing the word. Because if you're doing if you're doing follow exactly what Paul did, I mean, they, they were, he was in prison. And that wasn't good enough. We're going to go heap it up on him. Mm-hmm. We're going to heap double up on him. He's in prison and, he, and, and his mama, you know. So, so they wanted to double up on him while he's in prison. And, you know, it, uh, it wasn't the most comfortable thing in the world to be in a Roman prison. Uh, He's happy, right? So can you be happy? Yes. See, that should bring hope to your life. You know, Lord, no matter what, I can be happy. You know, it's amazing how unhappy most people are. They're unhappy about their job, about their marriage, about their kids, about their car, about their dog, about their cat. You know, we've always had great, you know, great marriage. And I remember somebody got mad at me one time because you even got the best cat. You know, we could back before we had a dog, you know, we had just a cat, you know, and then even your cat's easy to deal with, you know, and they were just jealous, you know, envious about me. It's like, it's a cat, right? He was a pretty good cat. His name was Popsicle. You know, it was a great cat, you know, uh, and, uh, but see, just mad because I've got a cat that doesn't, you know, eat the children or whatever cats do, you know, 
uh, and uh, just uh, envy and strife, right? Mm. Mad, you know, I'm mad about it. It's mad at everything, right? Mm. You and your wife, you know, you guys talk all the time. You know what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? You know, you mean you don't talk to your wife, the one that you married and made a vow to before the Lord Jesus himself that you're going to be with her all the rest of your life? I mean, wow, you know, and so sorry, you know, but... Um, but just envy and strife, right? Just envy and strife. And, and, um, but see, when that comes into your life, what's your response? That's, uh, um, you know, someone was calling me today about some drama between these two other people, right? And I just start laughing. You know, they tell me something, oh, this happened, you know, and I just, you know, laugh about it. Why are you laughing? Because that's a, I, I, I can't believe people would do that, you know? Uh, you should be mad about it. Why am I mad about it? They ain't doing nothing to me, you know? So, uh, but, but people always just, just drama, just stirring up drama all the time in their lives. And man, I live a drama free life, you know, I, and I will always live a drama free life, you know. And, and, and I told you, I, I was preaching that one time about drama free life. And someone came up to me after church and they said these words, Christian, been in church probably longer than I've been alive, said, I hope you have rotten grandkids that bring all kinds of drama into your life. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, you know. Uh, <laughs> And I'm thinking, what's wrong with you? Why would you wish that on me? Mm-hmm. Because they got drama in their life. Now, see, you can deal with drama. I, don't, I, I just don't put up with it, you know. It's like, no, you, you, we're not doing that. You know, if you try to bring drama in my house, I, you know, I'm not a very vocal person about a lot of things, but I'll be like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. You know, we're, we're not having that in this house, you know. You can do that. You know, I don't care what you do at your house. None of my business, but you're not bringing it in my house, right? You want to bring drama to my house? You know, it ain't going to happen, right? So... So I was just thinking about Paul and how in all of his situations, people were trying to intentionally bring, and you read his word and it's walk in love. God is good. Jesus died for us. How could you not love Paul? You know, I look forward to meeting Paul someday, you know. I mean, he's, he's left us such a, a legacy, such a, an abundance of, of faith and grace and, and, and living a life that is way beyond, you know, uh, what your average person could ever know in the area of joy and, and being happy. Uh, and yet people are trying to add affliction to his bonds. And yet he's happy. Amen. So I just want to encourage you, you know, if, if regardless of your afflictions, you have the capacity to be happy. Uh, and, and be careful about getting sucked into, oh, my life has been so hard. You know, I've made it through a lot of battles, brother, but, you know, God has been faithful, but see the emphasis on the battles, right? And the scars and the wounds and, you know, they just show that I've lived a hard life of faith and, and, and blah, 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 right? I ain't got no scars and I've been through plenty of battles, but um, they don't define who I am. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so, um, and, and you know, I'm a fairly young man still. I'll go through some more battles. Amen. Uh, now, I know even, even Brother Hagen in 1987, he, he wanted to go home to be with the Lord. Uh, uh, and basically, he had, to get, he had to get some assistance from some of his ministry friends. Because, uh, uh, you know, it's amazing. If you, if you, if you kind of, and, and I, I know because I've spent a lot of time with Brother Hagen's, you know, his whole, the whole doctrine that he teaches, which is just the word. It's really, it's really not anything, you know, he doesn't talk about the, the blood moons and, you know, what, who Gog and Magog are and who the Antichrist is. He just says, here's what the word says, you know, about faith and we should do that. Uh, and so, you know, his doctrine is, is basic in some sense, but it's, it's profound in a sense that we should be able to live that way, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And yet, flack, people have given him so much flack about, 
he's a false prophet and, you know, he's a charlatan and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I mean, it's just the word, right? It's just the word. Uh, and, and so uh, it, there was a time when there were so many people coming against him, you know, that, that uh, he was just kind of tired of the fight. And, and um, I thank God that he didn't go out in 87, right? He stuck around till 2003. But, um, but if you're not careful, you will allow the, the fight to become weary. And he said, do not be weary in well-doing, right? For in due season you shall reap, right? If you faint not. Uh, and so, you know, there, there is a fight. It's real. You know, there are afflictions. They, they do happen. Amen. So we're not making light of those things that they happen or not. Uh, but, but to me, I mean, yeah, I still, you know, who says things like that, right? Mm. Who does things like that, right? Uh, I know a minister right now that, uh, that, that uh, they had other ministers come to them and said, hey, in, invest with me and steal every penny that they invested and intended to, st- intended to steal every penny and just no, no big deal. Just steal thousands of dollars, right? And we're not talking a hundred dollars. We're not on thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. And, and, um, and, and they're still alive, you know, as far as I know, they're still alive. I mean, who knows? But, um, uh, but, you know, that happens every day. Stuff like that happens every day. That's why you have to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Uh, and so you just got to be careful about things. But, um, but who does that? Who, who, you know, I mean, I can't imagine stealing a penny. You know, there's be times I'd go to the bank. Sometimes I'll do the deposit for the church and it'll be a dollar off, right? Like a dollar too much, you know, that, that uh, we say we're depositing a hundred dollars and there's a hundred one dollars in the, in the offering. I won't take the dollar and put it in my pocket and just go on because I don't want anybody thinking, well, he just pocketed that dollar. Even though, you know, I wouldn't do that. I would still take it, you know. So I just take the whole thing. I just take the whole thing back. Well, give me the whole thing. I'll take it back and we'll fix it and we'll come back. You know, I'm not... Because I, you know, now for a dollar short, you know, I'll put a dollar in and no big deal because nobody thinks anything about that. Right. But but uh, I mean, I can't imagine taking a dollar from the church. Right. Uh, And so. um, uh, So but the people do that. Right. I told you about the the one lady, the the pastor had me to go deal with it. She was embezzling money from the church to pay her tithes. (laughs) Now, if you can figure that one out. You know, uh, that, that's like a whole book all by itself, right? I mean, that, you, could, you could do a psychological study on that for a decade and, and still be trying to figure out how in the world you think that that's, that's okay, right? Because they're the ones who kept the books. So who would know? I mean, would the Lord know? I mean, he would know, but he would also know you're embezzling. You know, he's not going to be like, oh, where'd you get that money from? You mean you embezzled that? The Lord's not going to be like, oh, I didn't know. Um, and, and so I never did understand that, that whole mindset, right? But they... But people get so legalistic under pressure, right, that, you know, oh, if I don't, if I don't pay my tithes, God can't bless me. So I'm going to steal to pay my tithes so God will bless me. And then, you're, you know, you're like, can I ask a question about that statement there? Because there's a lot of things that are wrong, you know. I had one person tell me all these things, you know. Uh, they, uh, they were giving me the rundown about how terrible of a person I was. Uh, and then not only that, but how poorly I was running the church and how poorly I'm doing everything, you know. And, uh, and I said, I said, there's a thousand reasons why every single thing you said was just 100% wrong. And of course, you could just see their blood pressure just go, because nobody tells them they're wrong, right? They're the kind of person that nobody tells me I'm wrong. It's a thousand reasons why you, every, everything you said was wrong. What, didn't I, you know what I said? A thousand reasons. And, and it was. I mean, I, 
I'd have to still be writing them by now, you know, but uh, I mean, it, and it's amazing how bad, how wrong people can be because they don't even do the word, you know, uh, and just do the word. The word is really not that hard to do, right? Just read it and you do what it says. Oh, okay, I'll do that, you know. So uh, can we be happy with afflictions? Do we want afflictions? Nobody wants afflictions, right? If you start saying, oh, I love, I, you know, I love it when people treat me bad, you know, there's something wrong with you, right? When we're going to get you a, a, a sanity pill. Because uh, there are people who are kind of a martyr syndrome, right? They kind of think, unless my life is hard, I'm not really a servant of God, blah, 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 right? Uh, it's okay when your life is not hard, right? It's okay to go for days and weeks and months and years where things are okay, right? Uh, and so you're not required to have affliction in your life. But if you, if you live by faith, there will be affliction, right? And so, um, but all is well, amen? Uh, and so, so he continues on and he says, uh, in verse, uh, so we got that, that was uh, down to verse 19 there. Uh, we talked about the supply of the Spirit. And in verse 20 says, According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Uh, and um, uh, he said his earnest expectation and his hope that he's never going to be ashamed. Nothing he's going to do is going to cause him to be ashamed. Uh, now, ashamed means to be embarrassed or guilty because of what you've done, right? Uh, you ever been embarrassed or guilty because of something you've done? You ever been embarrassed or guilty because of something you did 20 years ago? You know, I've been driving down the road, and, and the devil remind me, do you remember you did that 20 years ago? And I'll get embarrassed, you know. Nobody else is around, just me and, 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 and the car. And you get embarrassed about something you did 20 years ago. You know, and you know you've asked for forgiveness for it 100 times. Uh, uh, but, you know, you wish, you know, you wish you'd never done that, right? I mean, you know, I, uh, I, have, I have done plenty of things wrong in my life and been unkind to people, you know, uh, especially when I was younger and, and foolish. And, uh, and uh, not that I was just real hard or mean. It just, you know, you get under pressure sometimes and you compromise. And, and it's unfortunate that those things happened. And, but uh, you can't change it. And so you've got to go on, right? But, but where I want to be right now is... That nothing I do is going to cause me to bring is going to cause shame to come into my life, right? And that's what Paul is saying there that his earnest expectation and hope that in nothing he shall be ashamed. He's not going to be embarrassed or guilty because of one's actions. Uh, and with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. So that's how you live a life without shame: is that Christ is always magnified in your body. Uh, you know that person who said, "If Chip Bolio was on fire, I wouldn't spit him out." Surely they're still ashamed of that, that statement. You know, I mean, I can't imagine ever saying that, but surely that, uh, uh, you know, now if they repented, uh, but, you know, the thing is, nope, none of these people, you know, all these stories I've ever told you, no one's ever called me and apologized and asked for me to forgive them. I've forgiven all of them, but they've never called me and asked to, to be forgiven for those things. And maybe the shame is too great, right? I don't know. Uh, but see, where we want to be right now is that no matter what we do, our actions don't cause us to, to, be, to bring shame into our lives, right? Because shame will always cause you to leave faith. Shame will always cause you to, to get stuck where you're at. Uh, and, and that's really, you know, to be embarrassed and guilty, uh, you know, the, the best way to get out of shame is repentance, right? Uh, but sometimes, uh, what, did, what did our friend uh, Lester Summerall say? He said, I'm never, it never ceased to amaze me. The, 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 uh, Yeah, he said, it never ceases to amaze me what, uh, what people will allow themselves and 
others around them to go through uh, in order to avoid five minutes of soul-cleansing shame, right? Uh, Because sometimes, you know, repenting, people think that's shameful, right? It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing if you've got to go, hey, I'm sorry, right? Uh, But, um, uh, and and so, uh, but it can be soul-cleansing, right? You get that out of you, it's, hey, I apologize, you know. Well, I'm still mad at you. Well, I'm sorry about that, but... uh, now, I know some people, they'll come and just stab you in the back. Oh, man, I'm sorry about that. Like it's flipping, like it's nothing, right? Uh, they don't really appreciate what they've done. And, and um, so I wonder if, that's any, if there's any true repentance in that, you know. Oh, yeah, sorry, I just shot you, you know. Uh, sorry about that, you know. Uh, uh, can I borrow $5? You know, people like that, right? They'll just do the worst thing to you. And then, hey, can, can, uh, can you help me out there, right? I told you about the, the one fellow who took the boat, about, uh, uh, you know, the pastor, on a Wednesday night, stood up in the pulpit and said, who in here thinks that Chip Bolio thinks he's better than everybody else? Uh, and I'm in the sound booth, and so about one fella, and so I, I bowed my head so I didn't see because I didn't want to know who was for me or against me, but I happened to notice one fella. And, and I'm thinking, I'd help that fella get a job, help to move his house, right? Uh, being good to him and his wife. Never, no conflicts ever, right? No disagreements, no arguments, only any time he needed help, I was, if I could, I would help him out. Uh, and he raised, my, he raised his hand. Well, that same Saturday, he calls me up and said, hey, can I borrow your truck? Now, he never did repent for, for raising his hand, right? Uh, never did repent for that. Uh, but then, I mean, I don't know how you do that. You know, how, how, do, you, how do you do that and then borrow the truck, right? Uh, that, that's, to me, that's shameless, right? There's no, sh- I mean, people, sometimes people have no shame, right? They just do that. And, and, and I don't know how that you can live with a spirit of God, a Holy Spirit in you and live that way and do that to other people, right? Without any, so, uh, so uh, uh, Lester said, um, you know, it never ceases to amaze him that, 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 that uh, what people will go through and put other people uh, through uh, just to avoid five minutes of soul-cleansing shame. Man, I'm sorry I did that. You know, I'm so embarrassed that I even said that, that I did that to you, right? That, you know, that, that's the shame of it, right? Uh, and so, so Paul is going to live his life that he's going to do, he's going to stay the path, right? That with all boldness, he, he said that uh, Christ is going to be magnified in, in his body. Now, that doesn't mean that people aren't going to be uh, displeased with your actions, uh, it's been my observation that the more in faith you choose to live, that the less happy certain people will be with you. Because if you're just a failure and just up, up one day and down the next day and, you know, uh, sinful one day and good the next day, people are okay with that. You know, misery loves company. But if you just stay, the, now I'm not talking about being self-righteous and religious and legalistic. Uh, you know, I'm just talking about doing right. You know, just treating people well and, and doing what the Word says, walking in love and walking in faith and Honoring the Lord and repent as you as you need to, and you know just kind of a regular normal Christian life, but but pursuing faith and believing God that He heals and that He protects and He provides and He and He secures and all of the above. And uh, it's been my observation that people don't like that, uh, and uh, and they they will try to uh, put guilt on you and make you feel bad for doing that. And um, well, I'm not going to be ashamed of that. You know, Paul said, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ." Right? For it is the power of God unto salvation. And I'm not going to be ashamed of the, of, of the gospel because he says it's the power, the supernatural miracle-working power of God unto salvation. Now, I'm not going to be ashamed of the supernatural miracle-working power of God. So many people in the church are ashamed of it. So many people in the church are ashamed to, uh, under pressure to, to 
say that God is good. You know, there's a story back in the day when, when um, this is probably back in the 50s, when Oral Roberts was traveling around the country that the Lord gave him a revelation that God is good. And so he'd go around and say, God is good. God is good. And there were ministers, pastors, bunches of them that came to Brother Hagin and said, I wish he would stop saying that. You think about that. Mm. Ministers. Mm. I wish he would quit saying that. Mm. Well, why? Because it gives people the impression that God won't beat them up every time they do something wrong. Mm. <laughs> Which is kind of true, right? God's not going to beat you up every time you do something wrong. But see, it, it put the... Because the, what, what those pastors were doing is they would use the meanness of God and the judgment of God to force people into submission, right? To threaten them with the, with the severity of God in order to keep them on the straight and narrow. I think if you just use a carrot that God is good and that if you stay in his good graces, all is well, that's a way better uh, draw than if you don't, God's going to get you uh, because that's not true anyway, right? Uh, the devil will get you. If you're not good, the devil's going to get you. Uh, it's not God, it's the devil that's going to get you. The, uh, he, Paul said, need to give place to the devil, right? He didn't say need to give place to the Lord uh, or he'll get you. He said need to give place to the devil. So they were mad that, that, that uh, Oral Roberts were saying God is good. Now that sounds just absurd, but not one. Bunches of pastors told Brother Hagin that I wish he'd quit saying that, you know, uh, because, you know, it makes us look bad. It, it, it it gives people a, an easy route out, right? Because uh, uh, pastors oftentimes will, will use uh, condemnation uh, and uh, heaping uh, pressure upon you to get you to conform, to get you to help, to get you to volunteer, to get you to give. Uh, they, they, they do all those things, not because by saying God is good, we should do these things, but by saying, if you don't, God's going to get you, right? I remember even uh, in, in uh, my lifetime, uh, and I saw it. A minister got on TV, said that uh, if you don't tithe, you're cursed with a curse. You know, because that's what Malachi says, right? You're cursed with a curse um, if you don't tithe, right? Uh, and mad about it, too. You're cursed with a curse. That's good preaching right there, right? Mm. Except the problem is, what does Galatians 3.13 say? Christ hath redeemed us from what? Curse. The curse of the law, right? And so if he redeemed us from the curse of the law then that would mean that any time you made it an infraction of the law, that you were redeemed from that infraction, right? Because if you're, if you're keeping the law, you don't need to be redeemed from the blessings of the law, right? Because if you do the law, aren't there blessings? There's blessings if you do the law. In the Old Testament, were there curses that came about if you did not do the law? The curses only came if you violated the law. So if we've been redeemed from the law, then we've, then we've been redeemed from the results of violating the law. Now, that's kind of obvious, but see, that doesn't preach good in the New Testament. That doesn't preach good at the church, you know, because you mean I can just get away with it? Well, I mean, you know, you're going to get a place of the devil, but, but, but uh, you know, you're not cursed with a curse immediately, right? I mean, Old Testament is pretty, pretty immediate, right? So we do live under the law of grace today. So that means I can live however I want to? Well, we all live however we want to. Don't you live however you want to? I don't go home and go, you know, I don't, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, you know. I mean, if... if if I want to sit on a, on a couch and, and watch TV, I'm going to sit on a couch and watch TV, you know. Nobody's going to make me do it. Uh, we're all doing everything we want to do, so our desire should be to do what the Lord wants us to do. Amen? Uh, how many sit around going, yeah, I'm going to try to do everything I don't want to do? Who does that, right? Uh, only weird people do that. Uh, and so, but eat mad. You're cursed with a curse. Except it's this little inconvenient thing called the entire New Testament. 
that we have been redeemed from the curse and the, and the results of infractions of the law. Well, how is that? By the blood of Jesus, right? The blood of Jesus has, has washed away all that. So when we do that, if we will repent, then we are redeemed from that. Now, now the thing is, uh, just because you've been redeemed from the curse of the law doesn't mean that you automatically get the blessings of the law, right? Because the blessings of the law are the result of the faith of following what the law says, right? And it's the same thing with the Lord. Just because you're not condemned because of your sin, that doesn't mean you get all the inheritance of the Lord, right? Because the inheritance, many times in the New Testament says, if you do these things, then, then you'll not get the inheritance of the kingdom of God, which are all the blessings of the Lord, right? So the, 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 the blessings of the Lord always have come by, by obedience. Old Testament, New Testament, everything in between, right? The blessings of the Lord always come by obedience. Uh, and so if you're disobedient, Old Testament, you were cursed. Disobedient in the New Testament, you're not cursed, but you still don't get the blessings. So you're, you're at best staying right where you are. So if you're an intelligent human being, which I think most people are, pursue the blessings of the Lord by being obedient, right? That's, that's, the, that's the best path, right? Pursue the blessings of the Lord by your obedience as opposed to avoiding the curses of the law because of the, the grace of the blood of Jesus. You still don't get any blessings, though. You still have forsaken all of your inheritance, which includes everything, all the blessings of the Lord, right? They come about because of our relationship with him. So it's, uh, um, it is not that hard, but people make it so hard about being a Christian, right? It's just so hard. I had a banker one time, you know, he didn't know I was a pastor, you know, yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You know, I'm a pastor. He goes, oh, you got, you're a pastor. He said, man, you've got a hard boss. That's what he said to me. I thought, you apparently have never met him. I've got the easiest boss, most gracious boss, best benefits, best pay, best everything, right? Uh, boss that's ever been known to be bosses. Uh, and if you think that I've got a hard boss, you have obviously never met him, right? Uh, and so, but the people, that, you know, because what he was expecting me to go, oh, you know, you don't, just don't know, brother. He, he's a hard taskmaster. He's, now, that sounds like the man, you know, the, the, in, in Matthew 24, right, the, with the talents. You're a hard man. You're a hard man. Now, he's not a hard. He never said he was hard, right? In fact, what do you say? His yoke is what? Easy. Easy and his burden is what? Light. Light. Is that true? Yes. Well, that can't hardly be true. But it is true. That's what he said, right? Well, he didn't mean that. Oh, okay. Well, then let's just throw out everything he didn't mean, right? Mm. I mean, how could you say he didn't mean? If he said his yoke is easy and his burden is light, then, then my assumption is that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So that's what, that's what a humble servant of the Lord says in response to that statement, then if that's what you said, Lord, then that's the way it is. And if it's, all, if it's only hard in my life, then I'm hooked up to the wrong yoke. And that's the, way, that's the problem with some Christians is they're hooked up to the wrong yoke. See, they think they're hooked up with the yoke of the Lord, but they're really hooked up to the yoke of their own flesh. Because your flesh is a hard taskmaster, right? It will drive you. It will beat you. It will condemn you. It will hurt you. Uh, but the yoke of the Lord Jesus easiest thing in the world, easiest thing, just easiest thing in the world, right? Uh, and, and when people start saying it's just, it's just hard being a Christian, it, well, let me check your yoke. Uh, that, that's the problem right there. You're hooked up to the wrong yoke, you know? I mean, you're, you should be on this yoke over here. You're on that yoke over there. No wonder it's hard. I mean, if you have, I was hooked up, oh, yeah, no, well, I wouldn't want to be hooked up to that yoke. Huh? But the yoke over here, it's really easy, right? And we know what yokes are, right? I know Johnny uh, you were act, didn't you actually plow? Weren't you the mule, right? Didn't you actually put the in, in uh, put the harness on yourself, right? Yeah. 
wow, that's, that's, that's why God invented the internal combustion engine, right? Well, and so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. See, that's when it's hard, right? Because then, not because then, if it starts one side's pulling harder, then you have to pull harder on the other side to keep it balanced. Right now, it's twice as hard for you. Yeah, because uh, yeah, you got to hold that plow in line. Now, 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 you're having to work twice as hard uh, because the yoke's not evenly balanced, and and that's the way people's lives are, right? This, their life is twice as hard, completely unnecessarily. That, that's what's so sad is it's completely unnecessary. It's not necessary for your life to be hard. Uh, I mean. It, it is hard dealing with people sometimes and the unkindness that they can express, but uh, in my little bubble right here, man, it's only easy, right? Now, when I get past this little bubble, there's drama and all kinds of things to people to do, but my little bubble, I'm happy. My little bubble, I'm happy. I just, everywhere I go, I got this little bubble of happy everywhere I go, right? Uh, and, and people just, and that makes people, that makes people mad sometimes. You ever notice people get mad because you're happy? Yep. Well, why are you so happy about I'm on my way to heaven. Well, you know, what's your problem, you know? And it really makes people unhappy. You ever notice how people can be unhappy because you're happy? Yes. It's the funniest thing, you know? You just laugh at them, you know? Like, wow, that's the funniest thing I've seen all day. Thank you. I appreciate that, you know? Uh, and so, uh, so I am not going to be ashamed because I'm going to allow the Lord to be magnified in my body. That will make other people ashamed. That will make other people unhappy. But that is never my intention. And, and that's where we need to be cautious in our life. I'm not going to do anything to intentionally make you unhappy, right? I understand that living by faith will sometimes make you unhappy. I don't mean you, you particular people, right? You all are perfect, awesome people, right? But there are other people we've heard about out there that, that don't like it. Uh, and so, so I'm, I'm not going uh, to do that. I, I want to make sure that whatever I do, that God is glorified in my body so that uh, I'm never ashamed, right? Uh, I'm never embarrassed about my faith. It doesn't bother me that uh, you mean you don't speak in other tongues? You know, that's, a, you know, that's sad, right? I'm sad for you. Uh, and so, so that, that's just a, uh, and, and so Philippians 1.20 is a good roadmap, right? Uh, make sure that Christ is magnified in your body. Uh, he said, whether it be by life or death. You know, so it doesn't matter what the pressure is, you should do right. Well, I'm going to kill you. Well, then I get to go to heaven. You know, you know some people no, well, I'm not going to be your friend. Oh, please, please, please be my friend. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I, ain't no way. You don't want to be my friend because I'm living for God. I mean, that that is a waste of good effort right there. You know, I'm because uh, you know I remember the, the remember that when Jesus was when it was time for him to go to the cross, he starts heading to Jerusalem, and he's got to pass through Samaria to get there, right? And, and the Samaritans are, hey, stay, 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 stay. You no, know, he said he said his face like flint to Jerusalem. Right? You know, Flint's not flexible, right? It's very stiff. He's, he's, going to, he's going to Jerusalem. And they got mad at him. What did he do? Kept on going to Jerusalem. Right? They got left behind. They could have gone on with him to Jerusalem if they wanted to. Maybe, maybe not. You know, there's Samaritans, so they were kind of on the outs with the, the, the Jews there in, in, uh, in Jerusalem. But still, uh, they should have cheered him on. Right? Uh, so, you know, uh, it doesn't matter what the cost is in the natural world. See, if you can get to a point where it doesn't matter what the cost is in the natural world, you'll be always okay in the spirit world. Right? You'll be always okay with the Lord. Uh, when we think that the, the cost of doing right is too high in the natural world, then, then we will lose, lose out on the blessings of the spirit world. Right? So we're exchanging for some shallow happiness in the natural world for, for a lack of happiness and joy in the spirit world. And that is a terrible exchange, right? That is... 
that is dirt for gold, right? I mean, why would you exchange, you know, hey, you know, I've got all this gold, you got a bucket of dirt, yeah, here you can have all my gold, right? Why would you, why would you make that exchange? But well, people do it every day, right? Uh, and so it doesn't matter what the cost is, right? It doesn't matter how expensive it is. It's always worth it. The Lord will never shortchange you, amen? amen. Uh, and he will always come through. And so uh, I, think, uh, I think verse 20 is a good roadmap for us that you know, I'm going to live a life w- without embarrassment or guilt uh, because I'm going to allow the Lord to be magnified in my body. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not talking about you know, sexual things. I'm just talking about living a life for the Lord, right? I mean, those things are obviously included, but you know, sometimes we only immediately go to sin. But it's not just sin, you know, outright sin. I'm talking about just uh, living for the Lord and all that we do, yeah. believing God. Yeah, He's a good God. Yeah, He heal every single time without exception. Not a single time does He ever desire for you to be sick. Uh, and will that make people unhappy? You know, sometimes, but and I, I'm sorry that makes you unhappy, but uh, I am not going to be embarrassed for believing God. Amen? Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so he gets to uh, the verse 21, and we won't, we won't have a lot of time to go uh, through all these verses here because he starts going into some good stuff here. He says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I've got a note there. It says, this should be the general attitude of all Christians. Right? To live is Christ. And if you kill me, I'm better off. Right? Uh, because people will threaten you, not typically in our society with, with death, but I won't be your friend. You won't be in the inner circles. You know, you won't be special like us. Uh, and me and Chris, you know, even in our community, we've been shunned many times in different things. You know, we're not good enough to be here and we're good enough to be in these circles, you know. And, I'm, you, know, you know, I don't say it, but I think, man, you all are missing out on so much. I am such a wonderful person, you know. <laughs> I don't really think I like that, but I do think what they're missing out. Because if they don't get to know me, they're missing out on what I could add to their life, you know. Uh, and, it's just, and it's their loss, right? Uh, and so, uh, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, and, and then he goes into the next few verses here, and these are, these are some good verses, um, uh, where he gets down to uh, verse 22. He says, uh, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I should choose, I want not. Of course, when was the last time you used the what, the what? Uh, in your in a word, right in a sentence, it means I I know not, right? What I shall choose, I know not. So uh, the the uh, uh, first of all, as we get into these verses from verse 22 to, and we we won't get it done today, but uh, starting in verse 22 in this next section here, uh, let's make sure that we read it very carefully, right? Because there's some good things here that he says, "What I shall choose, I know not." So what does that mean? And that means Paul has a choice, right? So what he's fixing to tell us, what he's fixing to tell us is he has a choice in the matter, right? And of course, then we get down to uh, verse 23. For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Uh, He said, nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Uh, And then he says, "And, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance of faith. So, um, so in these verses then, uh, and I, I want to spend a little time on them, uh, I suppose, next week about that. But see, from verses 22 through 25, or at least kind of 26, Paul is talking about the choice that he has before him. What is he going to do? Uh, and, and the choice that he's talking about is whether he's going to die, because he says uh, to, um, uh, to, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says... Uh, in verse 23, I'm at a straight or, or I'm at a, you know, you, you, 
I'm in a, between a rock and a hard place, right? That's what he's saying. Um, betwixt, between two choices. So I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, right? Or to stay. That's my, and that's really, that's your only ever two choices, right? Are you going to live or are you going to die? It's your only two choices. Uh, and so, uh, and he's telling us here that his desire is to depart, right? That he, he has run the race, right? This, this is many years after he's been a Christian, uh, probably 20, 20 or more years that he's been a Christian now, right? Uh, and he didn't start out a young man. So, uh, in fact, I, I, I uh, put down a few other translations about it where it says, he said, it's far better. He said, for that is far, far better, for it is very far better. Uh, one translation said, it's best of all. One translation said, which is by far the best for me. And the last one I wrote down was uh, beyond compare desirable. So it's beyond compare desirable for him to be with the Lord. Right? So he can't even compare how much better that would be than staying here. Right? Uh, but see, uh, he says, I, I, uh, what I shall choose, I know not. So he's got a choice, right? He can stay here on the earth or he can go with the Lord. Uh, and so that's, uh, that's what we're going to uh, look at a little bit more uh, next week there because we've got some other verses that uh, we want to go through in relation to that. But in essence of that, if Paul is saying, I have a choice to die now uh, or to stay and help you guys, uh, and because later on he says, you know, I decided I'm going to stay. Uh, I know that I'm going to stay. Then if Paul had a choice of when he went home to be with the Lord or, or to stay, then why can't we have a choice? Why is it that people say, you just never know when your time is up? Because Paul said, you know, um, I have a desire. And then he said, I know. I know I'm going to stay. So that's not, you just never know. He literally said, I do know. So Paul says he knows when, when, what he's going to do. Uh, and then we're going to look at both Peter and Jesus also said the, the, essentially the same exact thing. Uh, and we've got several verses I want to go through to give us a scriptural foundation of that. That, In essence, every child of God has a right and privilege to, first of all, know when their date is, is due to go home to be with the Lord. And he said, uh, I know not what I, shall, what I shall choose. So you have a choice in the matter. Uh, now, is it forever? Can you choose to live forever on the earth? No promise for that. So you can only live as far by choice, as the faith of the Word of God will allow you, right? So the Word of God uh, in Genesis chapter 6 gave us 120 years as a maximum. So that's as far as your faith can go. Now, could the Lord give you mercy and let you extend that? He could if he wants to, but he, you can't have faith for that, right? But you could have faith up to 120 by the Word of God. So between now and that 120 years, then as time gets closer and your relationship with the Lord grows, grows deeper and, and uh, more precious, there will be times when you're like, you know, Lord, I just want to come home. I'd, I'd rather come home. You know, everything's good. Finances are good. Family's good. Everything's good situation right now. It's a good time to go. And, and that would be a good way to go as a child of God, right? As opposed to, oh, I'm sick now. I guess I got to die, right? You know, everything's falling off. I guess, you know, before the last thing falls off, I better leave, right? Um, or just die, you know, a slow death of dementia or a slow death of Alzheimer's over 20, 30 years, right? Uh, and, and we're not disparaging anybody who's gone through that path, of course. But uh, most of the church is of the opinion that you don't get a choice in the matter. You, don't have, you have no choice. 
When your time's up, the time's up. But Paul said, I don't know which one I'm going to choose. So if Paul said, I don't know which one I'm going to choose, then, then don't you have a choice? Is he saying something? He had a, he had a deal that, the, that you don't have? Um, uh, and so, so we want to look at a few scriptures in relation to that to get a foundation for that up to a certain point, you know, you have a choice in the matter. And after that, then you know, the Lord's going to be like, look, I told you that um, you can't go beyond this, so you can't believe me for that, right? Uh, and so, because we need to, we need to adjust our, our, um, our confession to line up with the Word of God and quit saying things like, well, you just never know when your time's up, right? I mean, you know, how many times have I taught that around here? A lot of times, right? But, you know, my, my brother passed a few years ago, and someone came up to me and said, you just never know when your time's up, do you? And I'm thinking, I'm going to pull your card. Give me your card right now. You know, you don't, you don't get a card, right? Uh, and uh, give me your license, your faith license. Uh, because, uh, you know, now I didn't say anything to him, you know, uh, because it's just, I mean, because it, it's, it's just amazing to me how, you know, you can teach and teach and teach and teach, and then someone will just say, just this complete opposite of everything you taught for, you know, uh, uh, you know, what you've been teaching for the last 20 years, you know. It's like, have you not heard a single thing I've said? Give me, give me all your CDs back, you know. Uh, I'm taking that podcast off your phone, you know. You, you're not allowed, you, you're, you know, you're in podcast jail. You know, no, no, no more podcasts for you. Um, and so, um, but, um, but that's the general philosophy of the church, right? You just never know when your time's up, you know. Uh, you just never know, right? I mean, it could be tomorrow, you know. Uh, we're, we're never promised tomorrow. You ever heard that one? Never promised tomorrow. I love that one, right? You never promised tomorrow. It's like, except that you were promised tomorrow and the day after, the day after that, right? And, and so let's find out what the Word says. We don't, we, we don't have time today, but uh, let's find out what the Word says. And let's, let's, let's line ourselves up with the Word of God. Amen? Amen. This foolishness talking like, oh, you just never know, right? Oh, if the Lord will, we'll be here tomorrow, you know, but you never know what He wants. Well, <laughs> if you never know what He wants, then how could you ever do it? And of course, we're talking about, can you know the will of God on Sundays? And I think the conclusion is absolutely 100%. In fact, you're required. He said, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. In fact, it's a commandment to understand what the will of the Lord is. It's not a suggestion. He said, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is in Ephesians 5, 17. Uh, and so it's not, you know, well, you never know. It's absolutely I know. Uh, and when it gets to that point, see, because Paul, Paul, you know, had, had gotten some level of success with the Philippians and the other churches, right, at this point in time. And, you know, he's kind of thinking, well, maybe it's time to just go on home. You know, we've had a lot of success, wrote a lot of epistles, preached a lot all over Asia. You know, maybe it's time to go, right? And, and uh, he said, well, I know what I'm going to do. And so he, ma- he made a decision. God didn't make it for him. God didn't kill him, take him out. He made a decision. Amen. And so let's find out what the Word says, and, and, uh, and then let's make sure we get our confession lined up with the Word of God. Because a lot of times our confession is working against the Word of God, right? You just never know. And the Lord's like, I thought I told you that you could know, right? Yeah, but you never know. <laughs> doesn't that sound great? Right? Doesn't, that sound, doesn't that sound super religious, right? Oh, yeah. Super, super, just to me, it's like, just, you know, <laughs> sticking my, thumb, my, my finger in my throat there, right? So anyway, praise God. Let's pray and thank God for the Word today. So Father, we thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for the blessings of heaven. We thank you, Father, that your word is so, uh, and that, Father, in, in, in all matters of affliction, we can be happy. And, Father, we will choose to live a life without shame uh, by allowing you to be glorified in our, in our bodies, Father. 
and we choose to be innocent in all that we do. And by doing that, Father, we will live by faith. Uh, and, and although that will make other people unhappy at times, we will always be happy and we will never harm anybody by intention. And so we thank you for your word, Father, that shows us how much of a good life we can actually live full of peace and joy and happiness, Father, every single day without exception. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive uh, this evening's offering. And, um, you know, to me, I love uh, these verses like this because it gives me so much hope that I can live a life that, that is even better than the life that I do live, right? That if I can live a life that no matter what they're bringing in my life, I can be happy. That, to me, that's good news, right? Oh, yeah. Now, that would make some people unhappy, right? I, you can't be happy, you know. <laughs> well, clearly not, you know, for some people, right? <laughs> uh, but that's okay, right? They'll have to figure it out and get, get over it eventually, amen? You know, we're all going to be in a big surprise when we get to heaven. I mean, we're all going to be, wow, you're all so happy around here. What's wrong with you all, right? Uh, it, I mean, there will be some people that will have to go to remedial happy class, right? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah you got to go back to kindergarten happy class, right? Uh, and so, remember when you're kindergarten, you was happy all the time, right? And so, anyway, the Lord is good. Amen. So don't forget, if you want to come uh, Friday, the service will start at 1130. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll be getting ready at 11 o'clock. So um, if you want to come, you know, try and come before then. So, so everything is settled down, ready to go. And um, uh, we'll see how it goes, right? I think it'll be a great time. We'll have a good time doing that. So y'all be blessed and, and uh, you're dismissed.